Hi listeners, thank you for tuning in to In Every Season. Today we're going to have a discussion, a conversation with a good friend of mine, Rebecca. Um, we're going to be talking about um, child bereavement and we're also going to be talking about um, the loss of a parent. Um, we also touch on so many subjects, like the topic just flows really nicely. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope it is encouraging to you. Um, if there's any parts that you would like to connect with me on, please feel free to do so. You'll get my contact details at the end. And thank you for listening. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Abby. Thank you for joining us today in Every Season Podcast. Um, as the listeners know, we are now on season two of the podcast and we're on our Let's Talk series. So we've had a few different stories and today we're going to talk about Let's Talk Losing a Parent. Um, in your case, Rebecca, it's parents, but you will tell us your story and um, yeah, just, I guess bless us with it so thank you for joining us again today and sharing your story sharing your heart um i'd like you to introduce yourself to um our listeners and um let them know a little bit more about you and um, your story okay so first of all i want to say thank you for um letting me come on this i I don't take it lightly at all and i pray that this affects people's lives positively and is an encouragement to them um so um, I'm Rebecca, Hi. and I think a lot of Abby's friends know me, but I'm bestie number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, I've known Abby for, I mean, what, 12, 14 years, a lot of years now. Oh, but anyway, um, like you said, I've lost both parents, so um, I'm going to try to whip through it. I don't think it's really the story of how I lost them, but more the journey that God mm. has brought me through. So I was born here and my mom lived in England and had my three siblings before she before she left my dad and then met what well, left their dad and met my dad who was here at the time. Mm-hmm. They had me mm-hmm. and then moved to Nigeria. So you're the last So I'm the youngest, okay. yes. I like to say that God's best it's like he literally saved the best for us. <laughs> But yeah, so they moved to Nigeria when I was a couple of months old after having me in England and were there for maybe, well, four, four or five years. And my mom died when I was five, mm. February, just before I turned six. My, mm. I'm, I'm an April baby. And my siblings came for the funeral in Nigeria and shortly after just brought me straight back to England. So I was here for a couple of years so before you continue your story i just want to interrupt you there because you said you lost your mom at five so what were your initial feelings because obviously i have a daughter now who is about the same age as you were when mm-hmm. you lost a parent mm-hmm. and even just to get a little bit of insight like how like did you understand what was going on do you remember like how did it how did it feel at the time okay the weird thing about this is um I think I've heard a few people say this and probably even thinking about your story as well. Some people say that at night something wakes them up mm. or they just know. With me, even though I was five, I remember vividly 
a sudden kind of like I paused while I was playing somewhere mm. and I, I can't express how I, I don't know it's inexplicable I can't explain how I felt but I was playing and I just stopped like something wasn't quite right but I mm. couldn't place my thing I didn't know what it was mm. and then a couple of hours after there was a lot of whispering going on like you know how adults whisper and they think children are aware mm-hmm. so there's a lot of whispering and I just knew mm-hmm. that my life had changed irrevocably and would never be the same. But your mum, like your mum wasn't sick or anything. She died suddenly, right? That's the worst part for me. And I think over the years that had been the question and the anger with God and all that, which I, um, I guess we'll get to. My mum died in church in her sleep, fasting. Hmm. So she, <laughs> my mum went away and she was fine and slept and just never woke up and Mm. she hadn't been sick Mm. and I was a loved child and I mean when I say loved I mean I was spoiled rotten you couldn't get more rotten than I was I was adored I was loved I was treasured I was just yeah I I had the best childhood and then my life just changed Okay, so take us back then. You um, went to the funeral, your siblings came. Yeah, so I went to the funeral and I have pictures. And um, we all like wore the traditional attire. And I was, I was really young, so a lot of the pictures were my siblings carrying me. Mm-hmm. And I remember a particular picture um, to, the, to today. And I had like sunglasses on because Nigeria was really hot, mm-hmm. but they were so big because I had like a tiny face and I was like a child. So like everybody was like crying, and I was you know with my siblings who I love, so they were carrying me, and I just was happy to be with my brother and this sisters. Um, and then I remember my brother while they were there's a there was a procession they had where they people would go by my mom's coffin which was open mm-hmm. and uh was an open casket and say their goodbyes and he carried me and as they were walking past he kind of like was looking in and I peered in as a child would do and I saw my mom sleeping and she had a veil covering her and her hands like across her chest like the way they like mm. like to put them and I remember thinking why is she so still Mm. and that face that image haunted me for years to to this day I would never choose to wear a veil over my face on Mm. my wedding day I just Mm. I I, it's it's marked me Mm. 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 and it's so like it's so interesting for me like listening to your story because I've heard obviously we've been friends for so long and I've heard about your story and then, you know, when my husband passed away and then I had the realisation of, hold on, my daughter is the same age as you were. And I think I think you were here one day, actually, at my house and we were just talking and you said something. And I was just overcome with emotion because I actually, like, although, you know, when you hear something, but when you feel it, mm. it's just so different. And yeah, it's just, and you know, that's why I stopped to ask you because I really wanted to hear from you 
how you felt as a child going through that experience because a lot of the time people just say like oh children they forget they will be playing or they don't really know but they do like they know something is up they know something is missing i think there's just a beautiful thing that god has placed in children that they continue anyway mm-hmm. But it's not like they don't know or they don't care or they're oblivious to it. It's just that I don't think there's nothing in built into them to say, okay, you can stop now. They're just like, oh, we just have to keep on going with life. And yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So um, you're so right. Children are amazingly resilient. And um, I think when I think about my relationship with God and when you read the Bible, there's a lot of... Um, like a child, like a child, and a lot of references to that. Where there's references to maturity, there's always references to being pure as a child. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of that. It's just that purity they have and that they haven't been knocked by life to the extent that some adults have been. Mm-hmm. So they are more resilient and they're able to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say absolutely children remember and know. I knew. Mm-hmm. I knew that my life had changed. I knew that something was not right. Um, And I think one of the things I admire about you, and I've said that to you a few times, and I say it to parents as well, is I admire parents who talk to their children. Do not treat your children like they don't know and that they'll understand one day. Mm -hmm. You're doing damage. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to them. With me, a lot of things that I learned about my mom's death, unfortunately, were overheard conversations Mm -hmm. so people who said things behind the doors that didn't say to my dad or to my siblings or to people who were directly affected Mm -hmm. those were the things that I heard and those Mm -hmm. were the things that became my truth which weren't actually true Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love the way you protect your children I love the way you have conversations with them children are just I like to call them mini adults Mm -hmm. because they are mini adults Mm -hmm. they have understanding they have a brain they have feelings they have fears they have everything we do they just process differently I mean Mm -hmm. I read somewhere that said why is it okay for you to have a bad day but when your child is crying and throwing a tantrum or acting differently you punish that child Mm -hmm. that child is also having a bad day Mm -hmm. just doesn't know how to express it the way you can as an Mm -hmm. adult Mm -hmm. so or even verbalize it and say this is this they would just yeah exactly exactly children remember stuff children absolutely have opinions and have um an understanding in their own way Mm -hmm. when you for example um when you look at a uh, a baby or maybe a toddler bestie one let's mm. call her that um when she had her child she told me please don't speak to my baby in gugu gaga or that she didn't like it so she would say to me Rebecca don't do that I want her to learn how to speak so speak to her you can say it slowly you can use little words until she's mature but don't baby talk her if that mm. makes sense and that child is remarkably smart. And I, I saw the difference in her growth and other children who were babied, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You always, when you speak to a baby from young and you talk to them, you see that they, their reasoning develops quicker than other babies. Absolutely. So I, I think what I'm saying is don't shut them out. If there's, um, if there's been a bereavement, if there's been trauma, as much as you can, 
talk to children. I would even go so far as to say that I am absolutely a fan and a believer in um, therapy for children. Mm-hmm. I remember having a conversation with my sister a year ago, and she said something that really got to me in a good way. I was like, oh, wow, I never thought of that. She said, you know, you were really, after mommy died, you changed your, because it changed the trajectory of my life, but it also changed my personality. It does, it does. And people didn't understand me, so I was angry. Mm -hmm. I ran away a few times. I was passed around from, you know, from this family member to another. So I just became a really angry person, Mm -hmm. child, and then Mm -hmm. teenager, and then adult. Mm -hmm. And she said, the the problem at that time and the mistake that people made was no one realized this child is going through trauma. Mm. She's just had a traumatic event happen Mm. and nobody tried Mm -hmm. to comfort me Mm -hmm. or tried to speak to me or tried to get any help from me. Mm -hmm. They just tried to place me in a different home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I needed at that time was to be with the familiar, um, to be loved, loved, Mm -hmm. um, and also to know that just because a family has suffered a loss and is in a way broken Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that's not the best place for that child Mm -hmm. that is still the best place for that child Mm -hmm. except if you're being abused yeah yeah. you should be with your loved ones and you should be in the know you should be able to speak about that parent some people will take the pictures away no Mm -hmm. you're basically you've taken something from that child Mm -hmm. and you've left it void Mm -hmm. And anything can fill that void. Mm. It could be friends at school. It could be anything. Mm. 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 Okay, so thank you. Um, so where were we in the story? So after your mum's funeral, then growing up, so, um, yeah, being so passed I was, around and yeah, angry. Yes. Yeah. So I was brought back to, to England and my sister tried to take care of me because... She was saying to me the other day, you were like my daughter that, Mm -hmm. you know, that I didn't have. Mm -hmm. So she wanted to take care of me um, and was doing her best. She Mm -hmm. just bought a home so she couldn't really handle the financial, you know, implications of having a a child Mm -hmm. at the age of, well, she was in her 20s, -hmm. you know, having a child at that stage. So I was with an auntie for a while and um, they hit me Mm -hmm. and my friend told her mom who called social services so they got involved mm. i ran away there's a little bit of just drama there mm. and my sister wanted to me to adopt me and my dad said no mm-hmm. my dad said no and obviously as you know legally when a parent is still alive they have yeah. um parental parental um rights exactly so he said no i'm i'm gonna take her to nigeria and my mom's friend stepped up and she took me so I was taken to Nigeria when I was 10 and I lived in Nigeria till I was 20. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to um, England when I was 20, went to college, went to uni, went to law school, met you at uni. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and years down the line, I think I became, I made a conscious effort to become a Christian. I gave my life when I was 24 and it's been a journey since then. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's, well, oh, I, I missed the another important part. My dad died when I was in college. Okay. That took me out. Yeah. So how did you feel at that time? Because you're feeling, okay, surely, like, all right, my mom's going to get fine. Fair enough. And you're like, hold on. But my, so I don't have any living parents. So tell me, talk, talk to us about that. So my dad and I had a very interesting relationship. So my dad is a 
polygamist in that he had 17 other children aside from me. <laughs> okay. This, this story makes everyone laugh. Like, it's... I even use it as my two truths and a lie because people always think that's the lie. But my dad... True story. My dad had 17 children with myself making 18 mm-hmm. and I'm the youngest. And then my mom had three mm-hmm. um, in a previous marriage with myself making four. So I have 21 siblings <laughs> and I'm the youngest. You win. You win. I win. <laughs> but um, we had like an interesting relationship in the sense that he loved me and adored me and called me a princess. But he just couldn't take care of me because he was really old when they had me. Mm-hmm. So he, but he financially provided, like he would mm-hmm. send money and all that. So Whenever I was with him on birthdays, I would, you know, they would, ex- it was like a ritual. They would expect a phone call from me. Mm-hmm. I would call him and be like, this is what I want. And he would send it and all mm-hmm. that. And I, when I was a teenager, I started being allowed to go to him to spend um, summer holidays, so months with him and everything. Um, so we had that kind of relationship. And I, and I, I think it's important to say that going back to my point about uh, a child should be with their family, no matter mm-hmm. what, unless there's abuse. I yearned for my father mm-hmm. in a way that I cannot even explain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you probably understand this. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter if your father or your mother is poor. Mm-hmm. There's a love mm-hmm. that God has placed that no other person can give you like that. Mm-hmm. Even even you watch movies or you see in the news and yeah. it's an abusive parent, maybe or, or maybe a, a parent that's going through trauma or, mm-hmm. or drug. That child still wants that parent. Yeah. So in as much as my dad was an absent father, mm-hmm. I wanted him. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be with him. Mm-hmm. When I was with him, I felt like I was known. I felt mm-hmm. kind of complete. It was, mm-hmm. It's really weird. Yeah. So he would say to me, I can't wait for you to graduate. I can't wait for you to get married. I'm going to walk you down the aisle. Mm-hmm. My dad made promises in his heart, mm-hmm. obviously, that he wanted, to, that he wanted to, to, to fulfill. And I think those promises went deep inside mm-hmm. my heart somewhere. Mm-hmm. That okay, and I maybe somewhere I just thought it can't happen to my dad. My dad was like Superman; he was yeah. larger than life to me. Mm-hmm. When I found out that my dad died, the way I found out was also horrible. My um, half brother called and said, "Oh, we haven't seen you in many years. You moved back to London. You just never called us. Anyway, I'm just calling you to tell you that Baba has died." I immediately passed out. <laughs> like. I'm dramatic already as it is. But that, I was like, okay, exit two. Scene five. Rebecca passes out. I dropped to the floor and I started screaming and wailing and this guttural sound, like this deep, intense pain, this, I can't even express how I felt. And my my, um, siblings on my mom's side, you know, grabbed the phone and they, you know, they took care of me. Found out later that they knew about it. And that's why my brother had asked me to come meet him and had taken me to my mm-hmm. older sister. They wanted to protect me and mm-hmm. tell me in a calm way. Mm-hmm. But the helpful people in Nigeria <laughs> called <Rose> me. <laughs> rose highs. Rose, rose. Um, and, um, yeah, so... The way I found it wasn't great. Same way with the way I found about my mom. Delivery is important. When mm-hmm. you want to give someone news, terrible news, I think delivery is important. Mm-hmm. For a week, I thought I was going to go crazy. I was throwing myself on the top of the stairs, at the bottom of the stairs. I was like just scratching myself. I was screaming. I was in so much agony and pain. I thought, this is it. Mm-hmm. I am now an orphan. Like you mm-hmm. said, I am an orphan. Who am I? That's it. This, this is it. 
that's how it felt. Mm. So how did you get back up from that? I had friends who were there for me. I couldn't shower, I couldn't eat. And I had a particular friend, Miriam. I would never forget her kindness. She would come over to my house. Because um, I was in college then, so I hadn't met you. I hadn't <laughs> met you or Bestie One. Yeah, so I had only two friends <laughs> at that time. <laughs> and um, and I wasn't a Christian, <laughs> so I didn't have my faith to fall back on. <laughs> um, but she would come to my house and they would carry me out of bed and they would put me in the shower and they would get me to eat because I could not... I my mind shut down because I, I was trying to deal with the pain. So my mind shut down to, to protect me because I think I would have lost my mind if, mm-hmm. if it hadn't happened. I remember um, a friend sending me a message saying, I don't know what to say. I, I, I can't even express how I feel for you, but I wanted to share the scripture with you. And she said, um, though weeping may endure, um, joy comes in the morning. And she said, I hope this comforts you in a way. And Abby, I would read this verse. I didn't even know it was a Bible verse per se. Yeah. But I would read it mm. and read it. And somehow the life in it, somehow, mm. just pulled me back. And I wasn't even a Christian. I didn't mm. go to church, nothing like that. But the life in those words helped me. Mm. And I remember, <laughs> obviously this is not as important, but it meant something to me then. My boyfriend at the time broke up with me during that time. And he okay. said the most ridiculous thing. He what said, was well, I was crying. <laughs> you, you've heard this many times, I was crying. And he said, well, he was old. He had mm. a good run. And I started shouting, he's not a car. He's not a car. <laughs> he's not a car. He's a human being. And, and I say that to say, one of the biggest lessons I've learned, probably, you know, being there with you, people being with me and being with other people or just experiencing or hearing people's stories of their loss is please don't be a job's friend mm. if you don't know what to say don't hug say the person anything. shh keep quiet <laughs> don't say anything hold the person hug the person you can even say i don't know what to, to say. say yeah I think that was one thing that I shared recently on um, Instagram and it was just, you know, talking about those different things that you can say to someone. And one of the top ones was like, you are loved. So I know that even recently there was um, a bereavement in the family and, you know, I messaged and I said, you know, you are loved. And, you know, just to let you know that, okay, yes, you're going through a tough time. Nothing anybody says may or may not comfort you, but, you know, God still loves you mm. um in this so yeah you're so right um yeah so um so yeah thank you for sharing all of that story so yeah talk to us about then you know your journey in and out like living with the consequences of having lost like an adult and just how life was um okay so as I said, my dad, he died when I was maybe, so I went to college quite late. So as a, uh, as a result of my mom dying and a lot of turbulence in my life, I was brought back here. Then I was sent to Nigeria when I was 10. I left Nigeria when I was 20, came back um, to London. And because I was born here, it was like, well, maybe go to school. 
school. I went to college quite late. I went to college when I was in my 20s, working part-time, then uni. So I guess the biggest thing would be lack of stability. Mm. And I guess my identity was really fractured. I didn't really have a sense of belonging. And that's why, you know, earlier on I spoke about, I think it's very important that a child is left in a family, even if it's a single parent family, Mm -hmm. because your identity comes from your mother or if it's a father. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a sense of identity. I I didn't know who I was. I mean, (laughs) when I was adopted, my name was changed. So Mm -hmm. I was a deity. When I came back, I took on my father's name, my biological father's name. So that in itself, for 10 years of my life, I was called Odeemi. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, then overnight I became Ayofale, which is my biological name. Uh, my biological father's name, I mean, sorry. So there's definitely a sense of lack of identity. And I took that into my relationship with God when that began. So, yeah, so I think lack of stability, not knowing who you are, um, and if you don't know who you are, you wouldn't know what you stand for. You don't know your history. There's just mm-hmm. a lot of it's kind of like all wrapped into one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah. I, I mean, I could go on and say, oh, and I didn't. I wasn't a trust fund baby, but there are people who have like mothers and fathers and they're not trust fund babies. So I don't think I'll, I'll. Yeah. So I think more of it is lack of stability, but mainly just lack of identity. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, how did your faith play a part in that? Because you mentioned that. When your dad died, you weren't, you didn't particularly have a faith that you held on to. Mm. So then the faith story, where did that come in? Where did that start? Okay, so yes, absolutely. No faith whatsoever. When I came back, I was anything but a Christian. I was just living my life as I wanted to. But growing up as a Nigerian, there was a foundation, so to speak, in the sense that my adopted parents were Christian. Um, my adopted dad a, was a pastor, even though it's a church. Um, it's a white government church, even though I don't subscribe to what they believe in. In that sense, we had morning devotions. Like, you know how they wake you up at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and you're going to sleep, but you're going to pray. <laughs> so, there was, so there was a foundation there. of There were certain scriptures that were in my heart. Mm-hmm. And even in church, we would have that time where you would... Um, memorize scripture and have to recite it so mm-hmm. i mean you know this like sometimes i'll be like oh the bible says this it's it's from that foundation mm-hmm. so it's very important from when a child is young that you kind of give them that foundation so i did have some kind of knowledge of some god but just not a relationship with him mm-hmm. um i went to my my cousin i was with my cousin and his wife is christian or he's muslim and she invited me to festival of life um, went to festival of life and what year was this Oh, ooh, so I'm 36 now. I was born in 1983. Let's do quick maths. I was 24, 12 years ago. 20, so we're 2020. 12 years ago, we're 2008. Yay, 2008. Quick maths. She's nodding. She didn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) So 2008. And we went to Festival of Life, and there was worship. Eh, didn't do anything. And there was just the usual crowd. Eh, didn't do anything. But the message was about love. And somehow that broke through. Like, I'm loved, so loved, completely loved, completely known, completely wanted and accepted. I I don't want to lie and say that that message healed me completely because that, that wouldn't be fair to say. But something in that 
struck a chord because you know like I said earlier I had a lack of identity yeah I didn't feel like I belonged so hearing that actually you have been known since the creation of time there was yeah. something in me that wanted to believe that yeah. and it was so beautiful to me so I came out for the prayers then and I became a Christian I was like okay I'm a Christian now yay what do we do we go to church mm-hmm. so I joined a church that didn't work out um then I my best friend at the time, my closest friend at the time was like, okay, well, there's a church called, you know, Trinity Chapel. Why don't we think about that? So I went there and I was there for seven years and that's where really my faith kind of took off. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the lack of identity thing is such an important thing to me because my faith journey with God has always kind of gone back to that. And I yeah. believe maybe a lot of us have that as well. It's being known and accepted by the Father. Yeah. And I suppose... Any of my friends who are from a single, like home, single parent home, or, or what we would call a broken, or what we would call a broken, broken, we're doing air quotes right now, um, family. There is that kind of, and also even when it's not form. even broken, you yeah. know, like, when it's not broken that man can see. So there's two parents, but there is still some exactly. sort of broken. Exactly. Yes, I like that because you know sometimes people think. It's like, well, you have a mom and a dad and your dad sent you to school and you traveled and everything. But like you said, no, because some fathers feel like their love for you is by paying, Mm -hmm. you know, the school fees. And there's no relationship. There's no relationship. So you're an absentee father who's actually present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a present father who's absent emotionally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I think we all take that into our relationship with God. I mean, um, how do you call... God, Abba, which means father. father. When you haven't had him. When you right? haven't had a father. And oh, I've missed out a very important, funny but not funny thing. Mm-hmm. My father died on Father's Day. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, so I hated Father's Day with a passion. Oh, so um, Trinity Chapel had this thing which was so instrumental to my healing where um, every Father's Day they would pray for, you know, the fathers, mm-hmm. but they would also like kind of reach out to the fatherless and they'll say if you didn't have a father because your yeah. father passed away yeah or if your father was present absentee like we said yeah, yeah. or you know just never knew him absent, yeah. yeah abba is your father mm-hmm. and there was a lot of prayers and mm-hmm. a lot of intentional yeah, yeah a lot of intentional focus intentionality like that's our word isn't it like just a focus on god as father because mm. the moment and i think that's why the enemy targets the family mm-hmm. the moment the father is taken out mm. whew, yeah. it's 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 crazy so we have to know that all is not lost because mm. god is a redeeming father mm-hmm. he the bible says he puts the solitary in family yeah so for me that was that was that and also because god is so awesome and so faithful um the the pastor of the church at the time um pastor shola I remember like he and his wife went on holiday with the kids and when they went away, God said to him, I want you to adopt Rebecca as your father. I as mean, as your, your daughter. daughter. So be, become her father. Mm-hmm. So when he came back, that's what they did. Not in a biological sense, not in a like legal Legally, sense, yeah. but God brought me. So 
remember I'd been adopted mm-hmm. growing up, so I had a I actually had an adopted Legal. uh, a legally yes, adopted yeah. father, but then I had a an adopt um, a, a spiritual father, mm-hmm. and I believe that God was filling the gap because God mm-hmm. is a gap filler. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was my journey, and it's still my journey now. And now I can actually call him father and actually mean it and mm-hmm. actually behave like this. I mean, and know what a father does. Absolutely, and yeah. behave completely spot like I did with Baba. No, seriously, for my thirty third birthday. Explain that. <laughs> Shade, my thirty third birthday. My sister in law bought me a tiara. She said, "Um, God said that you're a prince." I was like, "Oh, took you long enough. I've been telling you." Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's amazing. So then, yeah, then I don't know. I don't know what else to say. What else do we talk about? I think that I want to really stress on this point. For me, I believe in only one absolute, and that is God is God, and that is that. That's my absolute. Everything else, like you say, is you know one of Abby's favorite things to say is, "We shall see." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's wait and see, Let's shall we? See. Let's be looking. <laughs> Let's be looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I really want to just encourage anyone who's gone through this kind of loss or who loses a spouse and has, you know, um, children and thinks, what kind of, what would this mean? When we talk about God's redemptive love, it really does work best in brokenness. I mean, we were having a conversation be- before this, weren't we? And we were talking about how there's a level of pain that you go through for a level of beauty to come out. <laughs> and sometimes it, beauty comes out yeah, and there's a level of depth mm. that you go to mm. from being in a broken place that ordinarily you wouldn't be able to reach. Mm. Like, just because you haven't passed through that or mm. you haven't gone through it. It's not that, yeah, you know, it's a blessing or it's wonderful, but there's so much that's good that comes out of it, mm. um, even though it is painful. And sometimes things are just forever painful. There's nothing that takes away the pain. But if you allow, well, I believe that if you allow God to, he can take you to a deeper depth Mm. in that, that it doesn't mean that your pain is going to magically go away. It will probably still be there, but you will experience life a little bit differently. And, um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And I know this is going to sound like, mm, because I remember like a couple of days ago, someone at work, I just randomly mentioned that, oh, yeah, my mom died when I was five. And she was like, how can you just say that like that? And I was like, but we move. <laughs> and she was like, excuse me, stop that. And then, I, then you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's been a while ago. It was like, you know, 30-something yeah, yeah. years. And then I was like, oh, yeah, and then when my, when my dad died. And she was like, wait, sorry, what? She was like, can you sit on this? I was like, but we move. And she was like, can you stop saying we move? And I said, well, actually, it's new to you. Yeah, that's why you're there. But it's not new to me. You've been dealing with it the last number of years. And I completely identify with that because, you know, sometimes when I tell people, oh, you know, my husband's passed away and stuff. And they're like, oh my gosh. And they're instantly back to that place Mm. that I was at the beginning. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Like, (laughs) I've I've probably said this about a hundred times. So in like I'm not looking at me waiting for me to cry like I'm actually not going to cry because I've said this thing over and over I've gone to you know bank or legalities or friends or whatever I've said this script 
so many times yeah. that it's not that it doesn't mean anything, but that particular part of it is so easy for me to say because yeah. it's an, it's just a fact. Yeah. Like, okay, now when you dig deeper and you go into the story and the emotions, obviously that will invoke emotions. But that top level stuff, like, oh yeah, yeah this has happened. Yeah, it's okay. Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I said to her. Like, I was like, yeah, that's top level. Like, yeah, you've yeah, you captured it beautifully. And I, I guess what we're trying to say is we're not negating people's pain, are we? No. What we're saying Because you're still dealing with the pain, but you don't go out and show everybody your pain over and over mm, again from the beginning of, of the rawness. So you meet someone today and you say, okay, my mother passed away or my father passed away. Mm. And then you're taking that rawness of when you found out mm-hmm. and bringing it back to today, mm-hmm. then, you know, 20 minutes later, you meet somebody else and you have to tell this. And then you're going back. That is, I don't think that's healthy for anybody. I mean, how would we cope? I mean, I, you, I we'll be crying so. every second, every moment, every, I, every day. We're filling out forms, we're crying. I it would be crazy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we don't say it to negate it, but we're saying that there is life after mm, death. There is, there is, yes, it feels different. God is so... Um, loving and faithful and kind so many and you know the funniest thing is this is so odd and i'm not now this is probably not going to happen to people who are widowed like god Mm. isn't going to just start bringing you lots of different husbands to fill in the space Ah. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) (laughs) but with me and i think you 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 know this obviously Mm. it's been such a big part of my life I've had so many. Yeah, well, father figures. Yes, and mother. And then after a while, that dried up. Then he started bringing mother figures. Mm, mm, Because mm. he thought, okay. Or I I believe. He was like, well, okay. You you have enough of those. You have enough of those. Now I want this because this... Because he's... That balance. Exactly. He's never a God that's not balanced, isn't Mm. he? So with life as well, we have to be. So when it came came a point where... And the, the... fathers that i would have the spiritual fathers funny enough their wives would adopt me as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they would always say oh daddy's girl mm-hmm, they knew mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. the relationship with me wasn't mother like that yeah, it was yeah, more yeah. like stepmother if that yeah, kind of yeah, makes yeah, sense. yeah yeah they different. knew that the father was the main thing mm-hmm, that god was mm-hmm, dealing with them mm-hmm. and when that kind of that that cycle went away now at the moment what i've got is an abundance of um, adopted moms and it's like but i'm kind of okay god and he's like yeah like i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do yeah. um kind of thing i mean I still cry at weddings, Abby. Yeah. Cried at one last year. Yeah. Gotta cry at some more these years. Mm-hmm. Like, I cry when there's a father and daughter. Oh moment. yeah, I I I actually cried at a wedding last year, a friend's wedding, because um the bride danced with her dad, and I just thought, oh my gosh, my daughters are never gonna experience mm. that. And that's what it is. We've passed the initial stage. Yeah. Now we're kind of looking, and that's exactly what it is. And it's forward thinking. It's, I'm not going and to it's have the that secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, losses of loss. Like yes. people think, oh, your mom died, okay, no one to look after you, or your dad mm. died, no one to provide for you, or your husband died, you know, no one to love you. But they're lay. It's like an onion peel. There are yes. layers upon layers mm. upon layers of different experiences mm. that they don't get to be in yeah. with you. Yeah. That you know that I actually have to cancel this from my mind because mm. it's not mm. going to happen. Mm. And mm. you know that's it. Yeah. And that's the absolute. Like we could say, okay. You know, there could be somebody or whatever, but that actual thing mm. is not going to happen yeah. again. Yeah. And I think you and I had a conversation once, and I was saying to you about how much I detest um, uh, 
traditional weddings, like so the traditional occasions. And you were like, well, why? You would, you know, like you, you, you always dig deep because you always want to know why. And I was like, finally, I was just like, okay, fine. It's for the family, mm-hmm. and I don't have a, a family in that sense. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. And initially, people would always try to comfort me and say, but this, but that. But you didn't do that. You said, okay, what do you want us to do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, ha ha. <laughs> someone's hearing me someone's hearing me because like i said you know uh, you know i think earlier on the first part i was talking about don't be a job's friend Mm. please feel free to not try to fix people Mm -hmm. and you you there's this thing you say that it might be different Mm. but that doesn't mean it's bad it's just different it can still be good it's just different it's just different different to how you expected it would be it's different Um, to how you expected it to be so if we go back to that same scenario of the wedding when i said that you know my daughters are not going to get this and then obviously there's a mother and son dance and i said okay you know god willingly I'll be able to do this one. Yes. You know, I'll be there for, at mm. least there's something mm. that I would experience. And it doesn't cancel out the two mm. because if we were both here, mm. you know, he would dance with his daughters and I would dance with my son or however. But we just do what we can do with what we have left, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's very important to also address that the secondary losses because people don't initially think about those things like there's knock-on effects that will continually be for years like um you know if you would have been married 20 years even though the person has gone 10 years yeah you'll still look back and think oh we could have been old and 20 years married by now or you know when the kids are graduating oh we would have been there looking together proudly at our child and you actually just have to let go of that because mm. it's just not going to be it's not that it's not painful it's not that you won't cry but there'll be a point that like you said that moving it's not that you're forgetting about it but if you stay in the past it's not going to change it yeah so you move forward and kind of pick up the pieces of whatever you have left yeah. and make do with that Absolutely. and it can still be good and then um, I wanted to address another topic that you mentioned about, you know, when the father figures came in and the mother figures. And obviously you were like, okay, not husband figures for me. <laughs> but I have had friends and family, both male and female, mm. that have come into the place and be able to meet those differing needs. Yes, it's not my one dedicated person. But it could be this person today for yes. this one thing, yes. this person today for that same thing that someone else did yesterday, yes. this person for this particular thing all the time. Somebody, you know, God always just puts somebody there in order to. And it, for me at the beginning, it, it was quite frustrating because when you have your dedicated person, you know that when you're stuck, you know who to call. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, who do I call today? Who did I call yesterday? What's this person doing? Who do I think will most likely be able to help? And it was quite hard for me to lean into that. Mm. But now I think I've gotten to a place where I'm like, I need help. Okay, my first part of call is this person, this person, this person for this thing. Okay, I'll reach out and I will see what comes back from that. Mm. And then, you know, so as a process, because I've allowed it, Mm -hmm. God has been able to allow people like husbands who are male and female and old and young and whatever to come into the life and fill in those gaps where I need help or support or a helpmate or someone to walk with me or someone to help me make a decision. You know, there have been people that have come into that place. But I think it's very important that 
if you find yourself in that situation regards to any sort of loss when other you know figures come in that you have to understand yes they are not your loved one they can't fill the gap all the time they might not have the same dedication Mm. but just let them do it for that moment Mm -hmm. and then tomorrow god will provide someone else or god will provide another way or god will provide something else but you know sometimes i remember myself i'll get into this thing of oh but this person's not going to be able to help me you know next week they're going away they're going to college or they have their own family but it's just like okay let's just take now what we have now today mm. and then tomorrow we'll got to figure something out for tomorrow mm. you know i find that interesting that point you just made Abby. it's so apt because our personalities um really help buttress this point mm. uh, and what i mean to say is you know you're quite self-sufficient but you have this skill i've always told you, you had this you have this amazing skill you can have 200 friends but you know where you put the 200 friends mm. and then you you know like you had your your nuclear family so all the friends you love them all but you never relied on them per se and everybody had their own spot and whatever whereas with me i don't have 200 friends mm. like i am quite picky with my friends and, and all that my circuit my, my circle is very very mm. very small but then before before all the stretching began like i was talking about um i had one friend or i would have two friends and put everything on those two friends mm. so <laughs> when god brought me these adopted uh, these spiritual fathers adopted spiritual fathers and all that i would try to make the one person the source of everything, everything. it's not rare and and it was so odd because loss will cause you to become different things. Mm-hmm. If you had a father who used to beat your mom, you would either go the way of never touching a woman or you would basically beat your wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you had a dad that was an alcoholic, you'd either never touch alcohol mm-hmm. or you would drink excessively. Most mm-hmm. people never find the that, middle. The, that middle ground. And I went the way of, okay, one has been taken. I'm going to find a replacement or God brought a replacement. I'm going to fit you into this and you're going to be my all in all Mm. and god wasn't trying to do that Mm. it's like you said what he was trying to do and he still does today is he sets the solitary in family family is not just one thing Mm -hmm. it's not one person it it's like you said it's different people plugging the hole Mm. you've been a mother to me Mm -hmm. you've been a father to me Mm -hmm. i've had friends who've been that i've had friends who are younger than me they've been like a mother to me Mm -hmm. i've had mothers who have been like a mother to them it's very Mm -hmm. odd Mm -hmm. very very odd Mm -hmm. so I've learned and I am learning and I really just want to stress this point to all of us that honestly once again your family may not look like what you thought it would be mm. or what you hoped it would be but it can be so beautiful mm-hmm. because if you let it go what you thought you one of the most powerful things you ever said to me was when God said when you were asking God like well why mm-hmm. because I never wanted this God mm-hmm. and he was like well trust me what I'll do with what it is now mm-hmm. and that is so freeing that okay it's painful we're not negating the pain once again the pain is the pain the, is just there so all these things that we're saying no, no, <laughs> just bear in mind yeah. that the pain is just there mm-hmm. on the side yes. sitting there yeah. comes out every now and then in and out so the pain is not negated so yeah just a disclaimer there yeah. the pain's there sitting <laughs> sitting on your right hip yeah. what was that I said it was um thorn in the side yeah it's that thorn yeah. in your side yeah. that doesn't go away yeah it's a constant it's like a dull headache that's just at the back so we're mm-hmm. not negating it like I said I cry at weddings I've got a few coming up we're gonna we're gonna see Rebecca there mm-hmm. crying at the father door it's standard mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Mother's Day is coming up. Am I going to cry? Yes. Why am I going to cry like I'm going to die? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, but it, it's... It, and, and sometimes, oddly enough, I think we said that earlier as well, um, some years you forget. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I've done this. And then something comes, left field. And you're like, oh. You I, cry like you cried yes. the first day you find out. And you're bitterly. <laughs> yes. And you're like, but I thought... Because we're human. And because, yeah. like you said, loss is not... Loss is permanent. Mm. Come on. Yeah. If you lose a limb, just because you've learned how to live without that limb doesn't negate mm. the yeah. fact okay. that you have lost a limb. That you because one because what do you do? You adjust. Mm-hmm. You, mm. They give you a fake leg. Still not a real leg. <laughs> but we move. But we move. <laughs> We're moving one leg. We need to stop. We're sorry. (laughs) It's because our theme is removed. So, you know, so what we really, um, sometimes it's not what you thought it would be. Mm -hmm. It's so different. So, so, so different from what you thought it could be. But God is real and he is able to redeem. And, you know, I think about Ruth and Naomi did Ruth want her husband to, you know, to die? No. Did Naomi want to lose her son and her husband's, you know, her, her son's? Husband's, Why do you keep saying her? I'm not a polygamist, I promise. <laughs> My dad was, but I'm not. Her husband and sons. Her husband and sons. She didn't want to. Mm-hmm. But even in that, God brought out, a, he just, I like to call it the lineage of grace. Yeah. My biggest, 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 biggest thing is the power of God. Yeah. His redeeming love. Able to turn anything beauty out of ashes yeah. and he's able to do that so you know i hope that that's what even in the in the midst of our laughter and our and our jokes we're not trying to negate pain because we we have our painful stories we're still we're still in, dealing we're with still it. dealing with it but um i guess even you know when you talk about that redemption sometimes it may not be that big story of oh and this happened and that happened but even just the fact that you've gone through what you've gone through and you're able to talk to me and we're able to laugh and mm, cry mm-hmm. <laughs> the same uh, we're able to laugh and cry and talk about it that and in comfort it, that others in, and comfort others that in itself is a redemption yes it means that you know it didn't it didn't kill you it didn't mm. stop you you won't um, die. You won't die. I yeah, promise you. You won't yeah. die. You'll think you'll die. You will feel like you it. Will oh feel my like gosh! It I think I talked die. about it in the in the in the first podcast for season two, and when I got to the one year mark, I was I literally like looking at myself like, so you mean to say you didn't die mm. of a broken heart? Mm. Like, well done you for mm. not dying. Mm. Like that was literally my testimony that, I, I, I like I I didn't think it was possible that i would have a heart so broken and still be living Mm. somehow but i was i am and i guess we move but do you do you kind of i've got a question for you do you kind of look look back and think nah that could have taken me out like all the time like because i i thought literally it's taken me years and now that i understand more about mental illness and stuff Mm. do you know i actually had a mental break when when, my, when they told me my dad died yeah. that was what that was yeah but sometimes you don't know well, sometimes you don't know so when you look back do you think huh that's the grace of god that you're looking back at and you're like that what yeah so yeah so basically what i'm saying is i'm looking mm. back at my own mindset at mm. that time yeah and thinking 
this didn't take me out. Well done, like yeah. it didn't. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I'm not still crying or you don't feel, but like at its rawest, mm. it didn't take you out. Mm. So if you've managed to pass the first day, mm. you'll be all right. Ah, I have a tip. Not tip. It's like a secret. I'm I'm giving this to you because, because I love you. <laughs> I love you all. When the Bible says that, you know, God's put the solitary in family, there's another scripture, it might even be the same one, that says, he's the father to the fatherless and the husband to the widow. You cannot understand what a blank check that is. <laughs> that I was cashing in the bank of heaven, left, right, and center. said that in season one as well, she said. So, I'm like, do you know what that means? Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm not being funny. I think I even taught some people that is yeah. how deep it is. You yeah. have to, and I don't say this to say that, you don't get access to God. That's not what I mean. Please hear my heart. But the Bible, the fact that the, the Bible, I like to call the Bible two Ps, the principles and the promises. Mm-hmm. If you find a promise that has your name on it, you have to access it. Mm-hmm. So when it says the father to the fatherless, I would go to him and I would say, you're my daddy. Mm-hmm. And you know my life. You've heard my testimony. There's certain things that I would want. The one even, I didn't need them. Yeah, They were just flimsy desires. I mean, I'm talking about one day I said, oh, randomly my in my i just thought about it, it was like a random thought and i thought daddy um i feel like i want to start wearing makeup now and as you know i never used to wear makeup i was just mm-hmm. terrible the next day my friend came to pick me up from 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 home to go to church to drive to church and she was like oh your birthday passed um two weeks ago and i haven't seen you to see, give you your present but here you go and i opened the bag and it is a bag full of makeup mm-hmm. full of everything I'm sorry, stop that. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was watching something on TBN and I, and I used to really like Joyce Meyer. And I said, Lord, I would like to, I said, well, Daddy, I said, I'd really like to meet Joyce Meyer. Mm-hmm. I called the bookshop to ask for a book that she just re- you know, released. And they were like, oh, we don't have it, but um, we're not really telling a lot of people, but next week we're going to have it and she's going to be signing them. She's going to be here. It's a tiny bookshop in London. Mm-hmm. That's how I met her. Mm-hmm. So many things like yeah, that so that he has given me. Not, I'm not saying he's a genie. That's mm. not what I'm saying. But father to the fatherless, husband to the widow. If you fall into that, and the orphans, if you fall into that, mm-hmm. there is a special grace. Mm-hmm. Because, and I, I, this is the last thing I wanted to say because it's really important. It's one of the biggest things. God is a gap filler. Mm. Nature abhors a vacuum. Mm. And God is a gap filler. He fills a void. If there's a void in your life, God will feel it. If God doesn't feel it, you know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? Well, nature abhors <laughs> a vacuum. So if, if it's not God, then it will be the village people, a.k.a. the devil. So you know what I mean? Like, so um, when there's a space in our lives, if we don't fill it with God, yeah. you know, fear comes in, mm, anxiety, mm, you know. Mm, it, mm. So when you... When you um, Exactly. And I think it's like what we were saying earlier, um, probably off um, the podcast, but mm-hmm. we were talking about love. Yeah. And perfect love casts out all fear. Exactly. So, yes, you might feel anxious or anxiety or deep pain or depression or whatever. But that perfect love, like putting yourself in that perfect love, will begin to cast out those layers of all of those lies. Um, that you know we've we've been telling ourselves maybe for years and decades and and whatever that are just not true um 
so yeah. 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 I think yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it. We we are saying he's a gap filler. We're saying he can make the story still beautiful. We're saying um the pain doesn't end in one day, but he really is. And um we are also saying intentionality, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've both done therapy. Like in terms of you do therapy, you do the healing. You, so you go to church, you do the healing. You let them t- pl- place their hands on you and do deliverance. You cry, you pray, you fast, you read the word, you do everything you can do to make yourself whole. And you choose, I'm not going to be, this is not going to take me out. I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to be a victor. Mm-hmm. And this is when you can, by the way. We're not saying... Um, immediately like there's always a process there's There's always always a a journey Mm. and i think it's important for those that are supporting people is not to push them into anything Mm. that they themselves will find a time you know with this encouragement that they get from their loved ones around they will find the time that they need more that Mm. they want more Mm. and you know even the bible says david encouraged himself so i think it's so important as well for people to learn how to encourage yourself is like babies and um, they self they're supposed to be able to self-soothe so like soothe themselves to sleep that's why you know we put them down do nighttime routine and then they soothe themselves to sleep i think you know that really reminded me of when it says that david encouraged himself because sometimes we're gonna have to take it into our own hands to soothe our own soul Mm. like no nobody's always going to be there at the end of the phone or there to pick it up and sometimes the words that people have for you are just not enough and you're just going to have to allow the holy spirit to minister to you and encourage yourself and please please if you need to sit in it for an hour and a day sit in it Mm -hmm. i think we were talking about it the other day about uh, this post that we saw on Instagram and um, Kristen Kane and she said, you know, in the church it's and or, and mm-hmm. or. But God is not a God of and or. Mm-hmm. He's both. Mm-hmm. He's the father and the mother. Mm-hmm. He's the beginning and the end. The mm-hmm. author and mm-hmm. the finisher. The lion and the lamb. Mm-hmm. So you can do all. You can cry and then get up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to say is, and I used to say this at the all the time. If someone says don't cry, but let let her cry, please. Mm. And I said to her, sit in this, cry, cry, cry well. Because tomorrow, mm-hmm. joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. When I sleep and I wake up the next day, yesterday doesn't seem so bad. It doesn't. The, it the, really the pain doesn't. is still there. The problem is still there. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing. But something God has done in that it just sleep. Feels a bit more manageable. Feels a bit more manageable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's a tip to anyone go to sleep make sure you sleep <laughs> you always used to tell me to send myself to sleep <laughs> when i can't do life anymore <laughs> i'd switch off my phone and i send myself to bed and i sleep yep. and tomorrow is a new day it's a new day there's, so. there's, there's healing in, in rest mm, there is there rest. is wasn't it elijah that went out into the the wilderness mm. and he was like depressed and whatever and god sent food for him mm. and then he slept and he woke up and there was food again mm. and he slept mm. he just needed that time mm. to regain himself mm. so you know when you're going through a tough time it's not like oh pick up my bible i have to encourage me sometimes all you need is just to be fed and to sleep until you get stronger until you know that okay all right i need more now i'm ready now okay now what's, what's what do i need to do now or oh, god what are you saying 
but initially when things like that happen and I think that's why instinctively people come around and feed you mm-hmm. and sleep but you know you also have to embrace that and rest in it because it is a factor to your own healing as well yeah. I love that that's the creator mm. he's that was God mm-hmm. he didn't say what are you doing here he let him rest like you said mm. so please once again Job's friends <laughs> Job one of them was friends. good though sorry one of Job's friends was good yeah he was good wasn't he mm. okay the the non-good <laughs> Job friends <laughs> no but seriously I mean we there are a lot of laughs in this because we're besties obviously we're gonna laugh but the, the the lessons are true and they they're so valid please be kind to yourselves be kind to yourselves and give yourself grace uh i i end with this quote that i love um give time to time mm. give mm. time to time mm. some things just need time mm. and even when you're sleeping that is time that's passing isn't mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and I think we said it before, time, people say, oh, have good time. Time doesn't actually change things. It doesn't change the situation. Mm. But I do agree that there's a journey and there's a process in the time, time if yes. you allow it. If you allow it and you're intentional in what you're doing, you're right. Yes, exactly. Don't just say, oh, um, in, just five years, in five years' time, I will not mm-hmm. be grieving. But you've done nothing. You've done nothing. So it's the, it's the journey. It's time with the work in terms of the journey in healing and so okay with that we've been talking for a long time and i'm sure that we can just continue to talk we'll just go on to another topic and get from there so and with that um i just want to thank you for joining us today rebecca on in every season podcast it was so nice to um have our conversations actually recorded because we kind of have these conversations majority of the time you know that we're together and we we go through these things um speak about these things speak about our truths our hurts laugh cry together pray together and you know it's just really nice that we get to share a little bit of the insight of the conversation so i really appreciate your time today your insight and you know the words that you've shared and your story you know thank you so much for being vulnerable with us so i think um it will bless a lot of people and um yeah really appreciate that so to our listeners thank you so so much for listening um and i hope it encouraged you don't forget you can um follow me on instagram at made wonderful or you can email us at every season podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or want to share a story or just want to connect with me so thank you for your time today and